This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. What did you think of the Royal Rumble, Damon? <laughs> We're going right into it. Um, I uh, I saw bits and pieces, bits and pieces, because I went to a uh, couple of local breweries in my area. Shocking. Uh, and I told the missus, I was like, listen, uh, I just want to hit these spots. We haven't hit these spots before. And she's like, uh, I really don't feel like drinking all day. Like just one flight, and then we'll go to another one, get another flight. First place we went to was pretty great. Uh, took one home, um, and then uh, we went to the second place, and they had this beer. It was so fucking good. So I, then I had three more, four more. I forget how many. And that's where we we, we were. We were when uh, we found out uh, Kobe Bryant had had uh, died in that horrific uh, accident. Um, so I kind of broke the news of the bar, and then the, I like brought the entire bar mood down. Like the bar was just kind of jumping when they were playing music. It was great. Everybody's drinking beer, and I was like, and I get a text from one of my friends, Wilts. He's like, "Did you hear about Kobe Bryant?" And I was like, "What?" Uh, and he, he said the news, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" And everybody, nobody knew in the place it looked like. And then I, I went up to the bar, and I was like, "Hey, can you turn on that TV? Put on like ESPN News or something like that." He goes, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. What you, what's going on? I was like, Kobe Bryant just died. And he's like, what? And then uh, then, the, then everybody looking around me like, oh, my God, what uh, what, what happened? Why am I telling this story? Anyway, uh, and then I made a pastrami, <laughs> which was the best. I made the best. This story's going all over the place. <laughs> it is. I made a pastrami. Um, do you Are you familiar with the technology known as the Instant Pot? Are you familiar with the Instant Pot? No, tell me. All right. So it's just, it's a pressure cooker, basically. Um, and it is, it kind of looks like a like a slow cooker a little bit, but um, it cooks stuff fast and great, and it's all one pot, and it's kind of like a gimmicky thing, but like it's just like, you know, it's like a, people have them, and so uh, Cheryl bought one, and I'm addicted to Instant Pot recipes now. <laughs> I walked last week online. I'm looking at all these different recipes, and this guy is, has a YouTube channel, and he made a pastrami, and it looked easy. It didn't look hard, and it wasn't hard. And Joel, I had a pastrami sandwich, rye bread, little Russian dressing, a uh, little bit of Swiss cheese, and this thick cut pastrami. Joel, I'm I'm not lying to you. One of the best I've ever fucking had. I couldn't believe how fucking good it was. Now I was a little, I was a little, little drunk. I will admit, I will admit, I had a couple beers. Uh, best fucking pastrami sandwich I ever had in my life. Why did you not share a photo of that on the Twitter? Okay, that's extremely on brand for us. The it pastrami is. sandwich. It is, and well, I got plenty left. I got plenty. Left. I made a whole brisket, um, so I have plenty left, and I will uh, heat some up. I'll, I'll take pictures. It is. It looks great, smelled great, and it tasted unbelievably moist and tender. And um, it was just unbelievable, flavorful. 
packed full of flavor. I couldn't believe it. Instant pot, everyone. Instant pot. We're going to do an instant pot podcast. Why don't we? <laughs> you guys a sponsorship deal with these guys. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was, it was unbelievable. And then before that, Joel, I made a um, – it was a butter chicken pasta. It was a butter chicken pasta. So the flavors of a butter chicken with, you know, chicken and all that, obviously, uh, with pasta, with this bow tie pasta. It was fucking great. I, I'm two for two in the Instant Pot. I'm two for fucking two in the Instant Pot. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm like, Should I'm like, a cooking podcast here. I'm David. telling you, it's unbelievable. This, this, this doohickey is fucking amazing. It's unbelievable. Cooking meats. I made and pasta I, last night as well. Did you? Was it good? I made some pasta carbonara. Ah, oh, which is it's quite a controversial recipe, carbonara, because I see a lot of people, you know, adding stuff like cream and milk and mushrooms and stuff like that. But my understanding was that it's supposed to be a very simple recipe. That, that's how I play it. So. I can't get pancetta, so I had to substitute bacon. So fry up a bit of bacon, and mm-hmm. then you, you cook your pasta, and then you take the, the freshly cooked pasta, and you toss that. It, you put it into the pan with the bacon, so you stir it around yes. with the, you know, the crispy bacon, the bacon grease, and all that. Yes. Then you take that hot pasta and add that to a bowl where you've mixed together your egg yolks, your eggs, pecorino cheese, parmesan cheese, black pepper, and you're stirring that around, so the heat from the the hot pasta is cooking those eggs you, you can put it on top of the pasta water as well to add a bit of additional heat a couple of spoonfuls of the pasta water to lubricate things and that is it it's oh, so simple that's see that's perfection right there that's nice i like a simple simple because here's the problem we when we get home you know we're tired and we don't feel like fucking cooking one of the worst things about being married is the conversation of what do you want to have for dinner like that it like literally is one of those things where i just want to Jump out a window. Um, oh, that's my favorite conversation. Really? That's what I look forward to every afternoon. I'm we like, hate oh, what's it, it going to be for dinner? Because I know it's going to be something wonderful. Well, we hate. I know. Well, you live in a great area where 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 I, I do too. But it's just like it just feels like it's the same shit all the time. You're just kind of like, oh, which is it was just something to kind of knock us out of that. And I'm telling you, I'm all I'm all in on this instant pot. I'm telling you, look it up, Joel. It's amazing. I'll buy you one. I'll send one over to you. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I uh, I can't wait for my next recipe. I don't know I don't know which one I'm going for, but uh, I'm two for two. And I'm excited. <laughs> I sound like I sound like a housewife. I swear to God. <laughs> right? I can't wait. I can't. I got to pick up the kids at soccer practice, and then I'm going to get in the instant pot. Jesus, what has my life become? So good Royal Rumble then. <laughs> no, so, in other words, no. I didn't. I saw like in between winks. I saw what did I say? I saw uh, Asuka lose, right, if I'm not mistaken. And then um, I don't know who won. Did Charlotte Flair win the uh, ladies' rumble, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, of course she did. Okay, of course, right. Uh, And then I was asleep for the men. Who won the men's? It was Drew McIntyre. Hmm? Hmm? Drew McIntyre, yeah, it was, it was really good because really? I'm, I'm a fan of Royal Rumble matches. They were my favorite match growing up as a kid, and they, they've been a mixed bag over recent years. But it's something that I'll always tune in and watch. I sign up to do the review for Voices of Wrestling, so if you want to see my oh. review, pop on there and see my thoughts on it. But it was great. Like the first half of it, uh, well, Brock Lesnar came in number one, and he was literally just eliminating everyone as they came out. They were lasting like ten seconds with him, and he just tossed them out. He eliminated. 
13 people I think so the whole first half of the rumble was him just throwing people out one by one it was great and then the second half like McIntyre eliminated him and and took over from that oh yeah uh, uh, (laughs) spoiler warning (laughs) the previous sentence contains spoilers (laughs) right Right, but yeah it was a really good one oh that's that's crazy all right is it something that I gotta uh, go back and watch yes or no it was fun I mean if you got an hour to kill I would recommend checking it out there was a cool moment where uh, uh, MVP came out, and I was thinking, oh, you know, former IWGP Intercontinental Champion MVP. That he MVP was dispatched. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was dispatched pretty quickly. Oh, and then Shinsuke Nakamura came out. You know, big star in New Japan. Guys yeah. got a very uh, storied history here, and he lasted about twenty seconds with Brock. So Brock just <laughs> tossing out former Intercontinental <laughs> Champions left and right. Wow! Really. Oh, I hope he loves. I hope he loves those waves. I hope he loves. He must really. He must really like the surf. I tell you. What did you say? Twelve seconds. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, let, me, let me check exactly. Oh yeah, you gotta, <laughs> I can't, I can't really argue with that. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Twenty seconds. Ah, oh, good job. He doubled. He doubled what he thought. Great job. I, mean, good, I don't know if he gets paid by the second, but presumably he's quite happy with that. When they says, right, Shinsuke, you're in the Royal Rumble tonight. He's like, oh, yeah, how, how long am I working? Uh, 20 seconds. I bet he was like, great. <laughs> straight, straight back down the beach afterwards. I mean, right, right. Seriously, I wouldn't even get changed. Like, why would, Why even put on your gear at that point? I would just have like a, a suit on or a nice short pair of slacks. Just hit the ring and hit right out, get in an Uber. And, and and off to Carbonara land, you go. <laughs> It'd be great. Oh fuck. Oh well. well, oh, well. Sp- speaking speaking of uh, intercontinental champions, mm. Tetsuya Naito has yeah. been in the news with his new range of underpants. Yes, them, which apparently sold out in about two hours. <laughs> They were good. I always... We're very on brand for the Super J cast, isn't it? I, I feel like we've missed a trick there with some sort of co-promotion. You know, the pants down, manscapes. There's definitely an angle there somewhere. Yeah. The the I here's the thing. The idea of them. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, I know, I know there have been other companies doing that did similar stuff like that. Like I remember, I don't know, a couple of years ago, they were like Randy Savage ones, and you could buy like Ric Flair ones and shit like that. But like to get them as oh, close you know what I buy, David. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, Rick yeah. Rude ones. Oh, uh, yeah, the ones with you have a picture of my wife's face, face on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's Cheryl. What are you doing? <laughs> That's a terrible, Joel. Um, yeah, yeah. Rick Rude's was was that would be a good one. But yeah, I like the fact that they're like uh, as close to accurate as possible when it comes to the. I don't know. It's just something. Look, underwear can be pretty fucking boring, right? I mean, get a little pizzazz in there. Imagine taking taking down those pants, and you know, she takes a look, and it's you know, fucking. That's a, that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think that in any situation that's going to be a deal breaker? Right? You just you pull the trousers that or the pants, as you would say in North America, mm. and the your partner. Gets a good, you know, maybe you're out on a first date, a partner gets a glimpse. Of, and this is not a lead in from Manscaped ad read, by the way. We're it not really doing is. one this week. <laughs> I know this is where you feel like it's going, but I'll just hedge okay. off at the past. This is not. But they get a little glimpse of that. They see the Naito knickers and think, yes, I want I want some of that. I'm staying here tonight. <laughs> I'm staying here. Um, I don't know. I don't think, here's the thing. I think, I don't think it's as bad as. You know, I'd rather look. I think priority one is 
cleanliness, right? Let's make sure that you're not on fucking day four with the same pair, right? Um, cleanliness is the first thing. But I don't think, I mean, as long as it's not like fucking Scooby-Doo or some shit like that, um, I don't think a chick really would care. Do you think a girl would care? Or a guy, for that matter? Would, they, would anybody care? I think it'd be cool. I really do. I think it would be because here's the thing: nobody's. How, what's the percentage of people that are going to be like, "Oh, you're wearing Naito trunk"? You know what I mean? They're not even going to know what it is, right? It just might be like, "Oh, the cool design." Okay, the guy really goes all out in his underwear choices. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go a plus. I think it would be a plus. I think. It'd, I think at the very least, like you could, even if you're like somewhat embarrassed and be like, eh, "It's a pro wrestling." I wouldn't say it was a pro wrestling thing. I would just be like, "Ah, eh, it's a brand," you know, whatever, and be like, "Ah, oh, that's." Fucking guy goes a little goes the extra mile with his uh with his uh underwire. So yeah, I would I would say plus. I'm going plus. I was just thinking on the opposite ends. Like, uh, what do you think? There's any characters that could be featured on underpants where your partner would take a look at it and yeah, <laughs> and, cartoons. Oh, made a mistake here and make an excuse. <laughs> oh oh, sorry, my phone's. Ah, oh, I've got to go. Sorry, something's come up. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have like fucking SpongeBob underwear, yeah, you might be fucking yeah. You're that might be one where they're they're bailing out. Uh, I would say any type of cartoon character uh, would be a a minus. Uh, I would probably even say well, I don't even know. All right, let, let's let's do this. <laughs> Look, I, do you know what uh, is on my underpants right now? What do you got? I'm wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> yeah. underpants. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want <laughs> <Does> <laughs> You have a wife? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm not doing any type of cartoon character on my my no. Um, actually, mine are just uh, solid blue with a uh, a yellow waistband, a yellow waistband. I have, I have the boxer brief. Literally talking pants here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think. I don't think I have any. I'm pretty basic when it comes to that. I don't have a lot of. Uh, uh, I just have colors. I don't have any patterns or any shit like that. It's certainly no cartoon character. You teenage mutant ninja turtles. Wow. Can I ask you a personal question? I, I don't think I can. I, I ask you a personal question that, that maybe a handful of people would hear. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> have you ever? Do you ever have sexy time in your uh, in your teenage mutant ninja turtles boxers briefs? I don't think I've ever had sexy time through the boxers or briefs. Okay, it's just going to get dirty, isn't it? Well, I mean, you, uh, yeah, but what? So you only have sex when you are straight out of the shower? No, but if I'm going to have sex, I will take the underpants off first. Well, right, but, right, right. I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that, like, so they've been on, and then sex has happened. I, I, is my question, right? Um, probably. I mean, probably. <laughs> I am married, so the, the instance is few and far between these days. So I'd have to. <laughs> Count them I'll on have one to check hand. a calendar, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> why is check that? The, the why Excel is that always a thing? That is always a thing, isn't it? Like that whole that whole idea of oh, you're married and you're not going to have sex anymore. Um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. Some it dep- the problem is is that you do get tired. I don't know. You know, you just like all day. De- I don't know. So uh, why am I talking about? Who cares? Um, you're getting laid with fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle underwear on. That's all that matters. That's all the people care about is that visual. 
be great. Man, we're we're going we're going strong. Another twenty Thanks minutes. Very much for a solid content we'll next week. <laughs> we're opening these shows. All right. I, this is why I'm begging for New Japan to finally fucking put on some shows. Put on, please. I'm begging you. It's, we're, you know, you're getting twenty minutes of nonsense. Put on a show or two so we can fucking talk about that, please. Yeah, because my plan for this week was just going to read the results from the New Beginning USA shows and try and imagine, visualize what those matches might have looked like and <laughs> discuss what we might have thought of these hypothetical <laughs> matches in our heads. Right, right, right. All right, uh, sticking with Naito, though, uh, there was a very interesting piece on the New Japan website where he used going into detail about the muscle paralysis he had in one of his eyes. And it was quite similar to what retired Milano Collection AT he was talking about, how he was wrestling with blurred vision and squinting during matches to try and see a bit more clearly trying to sleep it off and then some pretty gruesome in detail description of the surgery itself that was pretty shocking wasn't it just well one the amount of detail he went into and two the fact that he had been wrestling with such serious eye problems yeah i mean I, i've talked to some pro grapplers and there had been times where it's like I guess my question was, you know, how do you remember shit, you know, to do shit and when to do shit? And, um, I mean, a lot of it is you, you just feel, you know, um, you're, you're, it's almost more of a sense of feel as opposed to anything else while they're while they're doing what they're doing in the ring. Um, so I, I'm assuming that he's relying on that to a certain degree. But even that, I mean, you're – I can't imagine wrestling with two eyes, let alone – you know, at at best he had one and a half and one and a quarter, and it's got to fuck up with your balance and just everything. I mean, I mean everything that you do, and, and he's and he was working with it for quite a while, and I would imagine there had to be a, a, a decent amount of discomfort with it, right, Joel? But I mean, did he mention anything about the pain of it, or it was just a, a nuisance at that point? No, I think it was, from what I remember, it was just the fact that his vision was impaired. Mm, that's pretty amazing. It is. And and for for quite a while it, it happened. And, but, again, the gruesome part was when he went into the, 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 the detail of the needles going into the, oh, the eye and the socket and the... Because he didn't go under, did he? he? It was just like a local anesthesia from what he was saying. Yeah. Oof. I... <laughs> Yeah, starting to lose my appetite for my dinner here. <laughs> Mally's going to make pizza tonight, and that's slowly going down the toilet. Oh, I, yeah, I can't. I'm not big on eye stuff. Like, I have friends who got who the, is uh, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Apart from yeah. unless you're an ophthalmologist, then yeah, I think everyone's a bit squeamish about eyes, aren't they? Yeah, they're just. Have you ever seen the movie Zombie or Zombie Two? No, uh, they do a lot of eye fucking shit. <laughs> I'll skip the question. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but like, the, you know, the LASIK surgery. Um, and you know, again, they're like peeling back a layer of your eye. And I'm just like, oh, boy. And you're obviously awake for the whole thing. And, and they keep your eye open. And apparently the procedure is pretty quick. But um, yeah, just that kind of shit just just ooh, it does kind of turn my stomach and just again if you can handle that kind of shit reading it uh i would recommend i would recommend checking it out it's on new japan's website um i would recommend reading that article and just to see what he went through with that it, it, it is pretty amazing if you if you think about it but if you it, uh, but on the, on the other end if you're squeamish 
with that stuff, you, that ain't going to do you any favor. Like we told Dan flat at Dan, Dan on our on our on our WhatsApp group, he's like, uh, "What?" You know, he's kind of asking what it was about, and we're kind of letting them know what you know it's all about eyes and he's like oh, i can't fucking handle eyes i was like don't read this fucking article dude you are gonna you're gonna throw up all over yourself um so if you're squeamish uh proceed with caution but it is an interesting article i will say that and and again i not to beat a dead horse but it felt like i'm reading it and i'm just like, god damn this is pretty amazing um and you know dare i say career threatening at one point i would think yeah, it does raise questions about how safe was it irresponsible for Naito to be working when his vision was impaired. And you, you wouldn't have noticed. I mean, it, you didn't see any blown spots or him dropping guys or missing moves or anything like that that would have indicated that he did have an eye problem. So obviously, it wasn't serious enough that it was hampering his wrestling ability. But it is an interesting question to think about: Should he even have been in the ring in the first place if he couldn't see properly? Yeah, but. You know what? I question. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of guys working right now with various injuries and ailments that, if you really think about it, could jeopardize the other person. Um, again, I, I I'm sure there's plenty of Monday morning quarterbacks that are looking back at old Naito matches, trying to pick out spots where oh, he probably might have flubbed that, or you know, but you know, truth be told, I don't think anybody is. Um, complaining about his output <laughs> during that time, that which which again is a, a pr- pretty amazing thing to think about. The output that he had, it's not like he had a down year, and it's not like he, you know, people are shitting on his matches. You know, there, there are people talking in my rest of the year, right? Rankings. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not like he had a dramatic drop in match quality. So, I mean, obviously, it wasn't something that hurt him to that degree, or. If it was something that that hampered him in any way, uh, he found a workaround, right? He found a way to work around it and and you know, have it work. But again, imagine that just just again the, your peripheral vision and just all of that. It is amazing how pro wrestling does work, though. Again, it, it, a lot of it, from what I understand, is just a, a good sense of feel and and knowing where people are going to be, um, and 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 anticipating that so um yeah I, I guess i guess you only need one good eye to be a good pro wrestler <laughs> i guess that's the moral of the story when you're the stardust genius you only need one eye clearly yeah. um moving on then the weekly pro wrestling uh, magazine released its year-end awards as voted for by subscribers which i posted a thread to this on twitter about a week ago which is quite an interesting look into who is over with a japanese fan so We'll just give quick thoughts on each of these. So MVP uh, was number one, Okada, then Ibushi, Kento Miyahara, Osprey, Kaito Kiyomiya, Naito, Sanada, Liger, Tanahashi, and Shingo. So pretty much dominated by New Japan wrestlers there. Any surprises for you, really? It's not, I mean, the only no. thing, I guess... No, I, I don't have any... Nothing raising any eyebrows for me here. No, no, not, no eyebrows. I mean... I know people are going to lose their mind over the idea of Will being in that in that mention, but you know, I, I here it, it, does, like it I, just goes to show, doesn't it, that Osprey is not like a niche thing for the Western fans. That the Japanese right. fans are clearly a very he's really popular with Japanese fans, right? And again, I I, I kind of put a little bit more stock into awards like this when it's you know. 
people who who get this magazine that comes out weekly, um, you know, these are pro wrestling fans that go to all the promotions and and are knowledgeable. And so I, I you know, whereas Tokyo Sports, it just feels like it's you know, you know, who knows? But I I, I put a, a bit more stock into um, awards of th- of this kind. Um, but no, I don't. I, 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 here's the thing. I, I here's what I do like. I like the fact that there is a nice balance. Um, and and when I say balance, it's it is skewed heavy New Japan. But you know, you, you got all Japan represented there. You got Noah represented in there, um, which I th- which I like and I think is good and I think is fair and I think is worthy. Um, no, I'm 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 I would be. Splitting hairs if I thought if I'm looking for something that might be weird, but I don't I don't think that list is is too far off. To be honest with you. Uh, best match we got Shingo versus Osprey, Liger versus Suzuki, Sanada versus Okada G1, Sanada versus Okada King of Pro Wrestling, Ibushi versus Jay White, Tanahashi versus Omega, Sari versus Chiro Hashimoto, Kiyomiya versus Keno, Sugiura versus Elgin, and Elgin versus Sekimoto. So two Michael Elgin matches are in the top ten. Yeah. That's interesting. And th- well, they picked the same match that our listeners did in their poll with uh, Shingo versus Osprey as the best match. And the only thing that I find interesting is well, Liger versus Suzuki being so high, and those two Sanada versus Okada matches being very high so they uh, are obviously matches and two wrestlers and a feud that has really strongly resonated with Japanese fans yeah and and I think that Liger Suzuki match ha- a lot of that had to do with the nostalgia button being pushed um, and the fact that this that was really his la- Liger's last big singles match um, I think that had a little bit to do with it and uh, and again I don't know how many more Suzuki matches uh, he has in the tank. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure more than a few. But again, we we have to consider that fact. Um, I think the finish, you know, with uh, Liger, you know, trying to fight back and fight back and just not having enough in the gas tank, and again the bowing at the end, uh, the respect that Suzuki paid. So, uh, and you know, it was the final match in. And again, I've said it a, a, a bunch on this show. You know, you look back at feuds. And that was, you know, for for the middle of the year, that was that was one of one of the better ones. Fun, it was uh, entertaining. It kept everybody going, um, and it gave both guys something solid to do during the year. So, um, yeah, the match itself might not have been the greatest, but I think, uh, like I said, the nostalgia button and the the idea of this being Liger's really last last big singles match. Um, and singles program had a lot to do with it. Best tag team. Number one was Evil and Sonata. Number two was Axis. Three, Violent Giants. Rapongi 3K. Gorillas of Destiny. Kabuki Warriors. Uh, Yukihi and Sarah. Ishimori and El Phantasmo. Finjuice and Birds of Prey. So this was... This was weird. I, I, I mean, quite surprising for me because I, 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 the feeling I get is that as Western fans, the evil Sonata tag team is a bit long in the tooth and we kind of want to see something different at this point. But they won the awards last year and this year. So this is clearly a really popular tag team. I was surprised that they beat out Axis because me too. from what I hear from Noah fans, they've had a tremendous year. So yeah, yeah that one's a bit of a surprise. But uh, you know, as discussed before, Sanada is very popular and he's had a, a really successful year when it comes to these kinds of polls with the matches and the feuds and just the, the individual MVP voting. So uh, maybe I shouldn't be as surprised as I am. Yeah, I, trust me. That's that's one that stuck out to me. 
um, of of all of them because you know I think the and I think most people would agree that watch the Noahs and the the All Japans and the Big Japans is that you know, by far they do tag team wrestling a ton better. Right? There's a lot more emphasis. The matches are are almost always better when put head to head with a New Japan tag match. Um, that one felt a little bit more like the numbers. You know, there might be more New Japan fans out there voting for New Japan people as opposed to maybe um, people exposed to all the the other promotions. Um, I, yes. I like the and it was very close as well. I, I, I sh- sorry, it? I should point out: Evil Sonata got six hundred thirty-three votes, and Axis got six hundred and twenty-nine. So it was mm. pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that's. I, I would have gone the other way. Yeah. I, I truth be told, if I had a vote in that, I probably would have gone uh, uh, the other way. But eh, every vote counts. You can see, right? People, I'm sure there's people sitting at home being like, "Fuck, I didn't vote," and they like second place. I don't think they're saying that at all. But uh, you get my point. But yeah, I would have gone another way and probably put Evil Sonata third in that list. <laughs> to be truthful, I probably would have put them third. And the best foreigner, no surprises here. Osprey was first, then Jay White, Lance Archer, John Moxley, Michael Elgin, Kenny Omega, B. Priestley, Chris Brooks, Drew Parker, and Chris Ridgeway. And I said at the time, it's worth pointing out that Osprey got more votes than the other nine wrestlers put together. So he is by far and away the most popular uh, foreign wrestler in Japan at the moment. Yeah. I'm surprised Jay White didn't do a little bit better than that. But yeah, I think uh, I think Will being somewhat of a baby face <laughs> helps and i put that in quotes uh somewhat of a baby face um i i, I would have thought jay white would have done a little bit hot but it would have been a little bit higher but um yeah i don't think it's any Wait, seconds i mean what, <laughs> how, how much higher yeah, can you go yeah but you, but okay so what was the difference what was the spread though uh osprey got 2273 votes and jay white got 981 Big distance, don't you think? Yeah, but I I, I don't find that surprising, just no. given the output of Will Ospreay. And as you point out, that Ospreay is a, a good guy and Jay White is a heel, then to me that explains the difference there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just look at the, like where they are on the shows and you know the amount and effort put into Jay White. Um, I don't know. I just thought maybe that would help. Uh, lower that distance that Will had built. But yeah, I think being a babyface helps. And Jay White being a nasty heel probably cost him a couple of votes, but not that he's losing any sleep over that. Uh, the favorite wrestler, so I'm just listing the New Japan guys here. So first was Tanahashi, second Naito, third Okada, fourth Ibushi, fifth Hiromu, sixth Osprey, eighth Liger, ninth Suzuki, tenth Sanada, twelfth Jay White, thirteenth Taichi. 16th Shingo, 27th Ishii, 29th Shibata, 30th Bushi. I won't go any further than that, but Tanahashi and Naito always seem to do very well in these kind of polls. And let me just check. Last year, MVP was Hiroshi Tanahashi and favourite was Tetsuya Naito. So this time, Tanahashi's taken the favourite wrestler poll. Uh, But what I thought was interesting here is Taichi being Mm -hmm. 13th, more popular than Shingo, more popular than Ishii, more popular than Shibata... And yeah, I thought that was a 
Well, I'm not surprised because I think he's made a huge jump forward in terms of the kind of matches he's been putting on, that there's been less of the shenanigans, the kind of thing that made the Japanese fans chant Kaere, like go home. And, you know, you watch that match he had in the G1 block finals at Budokan Hall where he got the clean win over Ishii. The the fans seem to love him there. They're on their feet. They're screaming his name and they're really into him. So I think that is the standout piece of information from the favorite wrestler poll. Yeah, and I, and I think early 2020 is going to help him even further, right? I mean, he's got some pretty high marquee matchups with high marquee talent. He's not, you know, he's not farting around mid-card. Uh, um, yeah, he made the most of 2019. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they put him in, in a more serious role and you got more serious Tai Chi and you got a, a match output that, to me, uh, you know, was one of his better, if not his best. So, yeah, I mean... We've talked about it a thousand times here, but you know those those people who want New Japan to kind of feel and look a certain way, um, and always hand waved the idea of Tai Chi, um, were pleasantly rewarded for their patience because you got an output that was was pretty tremendous. And I still think that the people who got into Tai Chi for him being who he was, um, you know that that factor that. You know, the people enjoyed, some people enjoyed more than others. You still got good tastes of that. It's not like he turned into a completely different person. It's just that you got the best of both worlds. And again, looking at these new beginning shows coming up around the corner, he's got more opportunity to do that. So that's only going to help, right? That's only going to help raise his numbers in, in, in those polls, I truly think, um, when you treat him like a serious guy. And, um, you know, and you have a, a, a and you have the opportunity to have a match output that you know people are going to get excited over. The next thing I wanted to share with you, Damon, is a spreadsheet which tracks the linear ace. So, what this means is from the first moment that Hiroshi Tanahashi was referred to as the ace of New Japan, which was January fourth, two thousand eleven, this person. And I don't. I haven't got a name for this. So if if you if I'm talking about you, if you made this spreadsheet, then get in touch with us. And each time that person loses a singles match, then the title of the linear ace has passed on to the next guy. So yeah. I think this is really interesting, just to see the kind of people that have been uh, quote unquote linear ace over the years. So uh, before you look at it, before I send it to you, who do you think the current linear ace might be based on I those actually- parameters? Yeah, I just want to make sure I understand correctly. So, again, Tokyo Dome show, he was referred to as the ace. And then so we're we're, make, we're giving him this title of ace. And then we're, every match he's defending this ace title. Um, and then where are we right now? Who holds this title? Is that what we're getting at, right? Yes. All right. Oh, my gosh. All right. So before I look at it, I will give you my guess. <sighs> All right, so Chris Jericho, right? Well, Chris Jericho, I mean, I don't, I'm going to say Chris Jericho. No, I'm going to give you two more guesses. Okay. Well, okay, so I, I, I see, I see. Okay, so what? It, it's not necessarily, right, he's not, he could have lost it and then so, okay, okay, all right, all right. Um. 
It's probably somebody ridiculous, like Yoshihashi or somebody. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> really? No, I'm, 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 I'm on the right path? All right, I'm all right, okay, say... okay. Let me let me narrow it down for you further. Okay, okay. so it, it went back and forth through loads of people over the last nine years. Sure. As of January fourth last year, in that main event between Kenny and Tanahashi, Tanahashi won the Linear Ace title back from Kenny Omega. Oh. So as of January fourth, twenty nineteen, Tanahashi was once again Linear Ace. So I wonder uh, how good your memory is over the last twelve uh, months. If you can <laughs> track from Tanahashi. Having right. that title on, uh, after Wrestle Kingdom, who it might be on now. All right. So his first title defense, he lost. We know that, right? Uh, that was Jay White. So Jay White would have been the champion, uh-huh. correct? Okay. Correct. All right. All right. All right. All right. So then Jay White is the champion, and he loses to Okada at Madison Square Garden. So Okada was the champ, right? Correct. Oh, I'm right. All right. So then Okada, well, he didn't lose the title. But he lost. When would he lose? It's not. It's probably G one, right? He, he correct. Did, who do you lose to in G one? Who the fuck did he lose to in G one? Um, Sonata because that led G one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sonata, right? Because, um, but that was the first one, right? So technically, he would have lost that title, right? Correct. All right. So then Sonata was the champion. Correct. Oh, but then who the fuck does Sonata lose to in a singles match? Fuck. So I'll give you Kenta? a clue. It, it was within the G1 that Sonata lost the oh. title. So uh, he won it on August the 3rd and then lost it on August the 10th to the current linear ace of really? Pro Wrestling. This, so this one person has held it since the summer? Yes. Fuck. Okay. All right. So Sonata... Oh, God. Who the fuck did you lose to? <laughs> Cole Cabana, <laughs> right? Um, no, it was someone no. in his G1 block. Uh, okay. I can like figure out who was in his fucking G1 block. Zach wasn't in his... Was Zach in his G1 block? Uh, yeah, but they wrestled but on the Dallas. in Dallas. Yeah. All right, so what did somebody in that block? Someone got a cheeky roll-up win over him. Fucking Farley. Bad right? luck Farley is your Holy linear ace. shit. Oh, and he still holds it. Yeah, yeah. Not many I, I mean, unless matches. this is out of date, I don't. I can't think of any singles matches that Bad Luck Farley has lost since then. Wow. Okay. That's. I would have never have guessed it out of the gate. Like I've never. Yeah. We. I'm glad you. You did what you did there. All right. That's interesting. To a certain degree. <laughs> who tracks? Like who would sit there and track that? That's that's. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I, we're talking about it, you know, for ten minutes. Um, yeah, we got to find out who who. Hey, who had the time to do this? Uh, and B, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Linear Ace. All right. Are there other ones? Um, because I'm looking at. I'm opening this up now. Yep. There's Any an NXT other interesting ones. Yeah. Is there an NXT Linear Champ? There is. Uh, I'm just looking at the different tabs here. Um, the well, just it? looking at the New Japan one, there's some interesting names here. We got guys like Shelton Benjamin, yeah, Toriano, Asado Tanaka, uh, yeah, 
Carl Anderson. So wow. it's like this is Farley's second reign. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Marafuji. Mar- Mar- it went Okada, Marafuji, Fale, Ishii, Tamatanga. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a nice little run there. Uh, you know, what? let's. Uh, do you mind? I'm going to quickly run through the names, right? Well, you know what? No, I'm not because um, I want people to play. I'll along. share it on the Twitter. Yeah, share it on the Twitter because I think people will get a get a kick out of. Um, um, oh my God! They even have so in this spreadsheet. Not only did they have the the person, they have the date where they want it, the the, the number of rings right that they've had, um, and the time of that ring. I guess in days, right? That's pretty great. This whoever put this together got a lot of time in your fucking hands, but God bless you. I love it. This is good stuff. All right, here's a question for you. Don't look. I mean, you probably looked already. Who had the most reigns of linear eights? Uh, either be Tanahashi or Okada. I'd say probably Okada. Okada's correct. Eight. Eight. Oh, no. Wait, take it back. Wait. Yeah, no. Nine. Nine. So it is Okada, but nine is the number. Nine is the number. That's fucking amazing. Wow. All right. Good job. Excellent. I love it. Love it. See, we have... There is a there is something to be said about the people that watch pro wrestling and find interesting little tidbits of you know like I would have never have thought to do that you know what I mean it just would not be in my in my wheelhouse yet there's somebody that said ah you know that's pretty interesting let me let me let me do that I wonder how much time it would take to do that fuck all right people are great I mean good job I I can't <laughs> it's a great job. Well, speaking of something that's not a great job, let's talk about some news coming out of the New Japan of America. New beginning in USA tour. So we got some bad news earlier in the week that Kota Ibushi will be missing the tour as he's got the flu. And today, well, a couple of hours ago, we got more bad news that Carl Fredericks is now off the tour with an injury. Damon, these tours are cursed, aren't they? After the visa stuff last year. What's going on? Well, yeah, we we, we knew... Coda wasn't going to make it. He and I did see a picture. Yeah, they tweeted out of his thermometer, and you know he looked like he was burning up with a fever. And didn't he say he was hallucinating too? Like the fever was so bad he was hallucinating. I saw, um, which does not shock me. Uh, and now oh, you, Carl, he got hurt on this tour. Is that what we're, we're saying? Yeah, I believe so. Do we know what the injury is or the extent of? Uh, I'll have to go and check. But how much of... I mean, obviously, it was a massive blow losing Ibushi because he was one of the headline stars of this tour and he had big singles matches against Chase Owens where... Was it something like if he lost, he'd he'd have to join the Bullet Club? And then there was the tag team match he had, the Golden Aces with Tanahashi against... uh, Was it Gorilla's Destiny they were going to face or Finjuice? I can't remember. No. I believe uh, Finjuice, right? Wasn't it Finjuice? Or no, it was Girls Destiny to kind of set up a number one contender thing, right? Um, I don't know what it is with these, this tour. I I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it, this is just a a a Wrestle Kingdom hangover. I don't know why these tours in the states r- right after are are cursed. You know, again, last year we had the visa issues. 
This year, one of the top. I've checked. Draws. It just says he's got a right shoulder injury. Shoulder. Mm. And I know of the young Lions, people were looking forward to seeing him. <sighs> Man, I, I look. I can't. Uh, it's it, everything is coincidental. Everything is, you know. Obviously, there's no voodoo doll being used, but. Man, it is a, it is a, it, it is a bad luck. Are you tour. sure? Are you sure it's not he who shall not be named getting revenge for the difficulties he had entering Japan? <laughs> <laughs> He's using his dark gamer wizard powers to inflict chaos upon <laughs> New Japan's trips in the states. There's a big cauldron in his living room. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, I did think of that though. No, I'm not particularly of that that scenario, but I did even before the tour started. I was like, ah, I wonder how that's gonna. I wonder. I wonder if there's gonna be a t- couple text messages passed along, uh, between the two. I was. I was just kind of curious as to how that would be. You know, it's just a couple, couple hundred miles away. It felt like, but anywho, um, yeah, it sucks. Shoulder injury. We don't know the extent. We'll we'll see if we can find out, but. Yeah, and I, from, also from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, is that um, again feedback that w- w- that what, what, what you you see more of it than I do. What's been the feedback on the shows from from our listeners and and any reports that that you've gotten via the Twitter machine? Any any give, so give some positive. Yeah, I've got them right here. Uh, the subtle doctor says you guys should watch New Beginning Nashville opener just to see Alex Coglin do four to five deadlift gut wrench suplexes back to back. Those LA Dojo boys hit hard. Uh, Alex Pure PhD says Alex Zane versus Jeff Cobb had some cool spots. God was super over. None of the matches were anything spectacular. Match of the night was Yano and Cabana versus Fredericks and TJP. Uh, Bro Hamula said my personal highlights were Yano and Cabana as a tag team. Alex Zane versus Jeff Cobb was a banger. Lance Archer beating the hell out of Yoshihashi. Tanahashi was amazing. The main elimination match, especially G.O.D. and Kojima, was amazing to see too. So as we suspected, people are going home happy. These are fun shows. Nothing that's going to hit your notebook. No match of the year contenders, obviously. But you're going to have a good time if you go there. But is that enough? Is that enough for New Japan Pro Wrestling? Because, I mean, just looking at ticket sales so far. So for the show that they did in Tampa, the attendance was 863. Oh. And... I mean, that, I, I think, was seen as relatively good by the company. <laughs> okay. So Nashville, I don't have the numbers yet for Nashville, but from what we, we heard, Nashville, not great. Miami picked up a bit, but still low. Not not brilliant, is it, Damon? No. And, and again, this is not the first tour that these guys are doing in, in general. Maybe in these areas, you know, this might be the first stop. But it feels like we're saying we're saying the same song and dance over and over again when it comes to this shit. Oh, these are fun shows. Uh, you know, we're three years in for, for more than that, and we're still talking about eight hundred people. You know what I mean? Like, what, 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 what's going on here? Like, is this acceptable? Is this is this? <clears throat> look, if this is if here's here's what the, here's what I'm gonna say. This is what it is because. To me, there really hasn't felt like a a strong effort on the on the U.S. side of promoting these shows. I'm sorry, They're just it's just not because you can't tell me that in three fucking years we haven't grown to the point where we're not talking about 800 people. 
800 people is nothing to be excited about. I'm, I, I, I'm glad everybody had a good time. I'm sure they would. I knew they would. And I'm sure the shows, the, 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 the talent working their asses off in front of 800 people. I'm sorry, but the expectation at this point, years in, years in, that we would have been bigger. And I know on these tours that, that you know, the idea is small building, small building, small building, and then a bigger building in, on one of these stops, right? Each time they do their little their little pocket, their little territory of the United States, it's going to be, you know, smaller building, smaller building, smaller building, bigger. But I, 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 we're, we should have been past this already. I don't understand why this company is getting a pass. Are they getting a pass? I'm not giving them a pass. I'm sorry. You're not getting a pass. Joel, how hard would it be to go full in, lean so hard into this territory idea? You mean to tell me we can't get Kevin Kelly or somebody to do the old school Tony Schiavone ticket hype, your your show uh, promo thing? You know what I mean? Saturday night, January 13th. New Japan Pro Wrestling comes to Atlanta, Georgia at the fucking Coca-Cola, blah, 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 blah. You'll see Coca-Cola against blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, and tag guy team action. And Lance Archer going against, and it, boom, here comes Lance Archer. And, ah, fuck you, you're, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm, everybody dies, blah, 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 blah. Also on this card, blah, blah, blah. Get your tickets now. We can't do that. We can't do that. Put that on the YouTube page. I don't know. Where's the radio spots? Where's the local advertising? We're, we're doing shows in front of people that would already go. We're not growing. Look, I got to be honest with you. If I spent four years at a job and I had that type of growth, and I, and I went to the bosses and I said, well, here's where we are. Here's the growth that we've had in, this, in these markets. I don't know if I would have a job. I don't know if I would have a job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Give, give, me, give me your thoughts, Joel, because I got to be honest with you. I can't believe I'm sitting here three years in, four years in, and we're talking about 800 fucking people. This is chickens coming home to roost because when we spoke about New Year Dash and those programs that they set up, and I listed off about maybe 10 different matches that look really good on paper, and we speculated that probably most of them are going to go for the Japan tour, but a few of them are going to go to the USA tour. They got none. Yeah. They got zero of those matches. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't give them Shingo versus Goto. They wouldn't give them Ishii versus Evil. They wouldn't give them the uh Junior Attack. Nothing. They got nothing. Which to me shows that this was not a priority for them. It was an afterthought. And I don't think doing these split tours is gonna work because you see what happens when you take out one piece, you know, you take out a Kota Ibushi, the whole thing starts to fall apart like a house of cards. So they are spreading themselves too thinly. And I also think the United States audience, like you said, this is the third year they've been running these tours. A lot of these people, they've seen all the big stars already. So the novelty of seeing, oh, I'm going to see New Japan Pro Wrestling live, that's starting to wear off. Right. People are more discerning now. They've, they've had their fingers burnt by the visa issues. They're going to have their fingers burnt from these cards because these are not good. You know, like I said, they'll have a good time, but they're not sexy matches. They're not meaningful matches. So in future, people are going to be even more cautious about, you know, wait and see. I'll wait and see when the cards come out before I buy tickets. And if people are making travel plans, that's going to hinder that even further. So 
I think if they, it, it, it looks, just looks small time, doesn't it, Damon? That yes. you're getting 800 people into a small venue and thinking, yeah, yeah, that's all right. No, it's not. Come on, you, you've got to aim higher than that. So I think they need to stop doing the split tours and they need to start giving some, you know, I'm not saying they've got to have IWGP heavyweight title matches, but you've got to give them something. Some of these feuds that you're seeing building up, like for example, on a New Year Dash, you've got to give some of those to the, the Western fans as well. Don't give all of them to the Japanese tour. Because to, to me, that just so says to the fans, we don't care about this tour. So if they don't care, why should the fans? Right. Right. The novelty of New Japan Pro Wrestling coming to the United States, that, that is, that's long gone. Like, they can't just rest on their laurels of New Japan Pro Wrestling coming to town. Because truth be told... You're going to sit in front of the same people. You're going to have to run shows in front of the same people over and over again. Look, aside, <laughs> I mean, not to toot our own horn, but aside from us and like podcasts like us keeping it strong style or you know, whomever, right? Uh, <laughs> like, we're the ones talking about these shows. You know, Kevin Kelly's, you know, does, goes rogue and, 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 and promotes the shows on those on those broadcasts as best as he can, and social media team is doing what they... But, like, that's already audience that's already tuned in. Like, the minute they hear... That, those are people buying tickets day one. Nobody... Look, we don't have a TV. We don't, uh, we don't have... It, it feels like we have no local promotion. We're just showing up with a fucking ring, right? And... You yeah, that would be one thing. Sorry to interrupt, but if, if these have been on Worlds and you could have watched the, the the show from the day before, you know, if you're sitting on the fence, if you're in, uh, I don't know, let's say Nashville and you decide, huh, should I go to the show tonight? And then the Tampa show pops up on World and you watch that and you think, hey, you know what, that was a good show. If I'm going to get more of the same, I'll, I'll go along to that. But the fact that there is nothing and that we, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, are sitting here... Uh, having to rely on people's Twitter comments to t- talk about how good these shows were, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I saw some some snapshots of, of some of these buildings. And they looked, one of them looked really nice. I mean, it looked like a cool place to hang out and get, get a couple drinks, to be honest with you. But from a pro wrestling perspective, I mean, these buildings are tiny. These you know, they're, they're, they're clubs, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And they're, they're running head-to-head with the Royal Rumble, which right. to me... Seems like a pretty stupid move. Like, why would you not check ahead and realize actually this is a pretty big event? Even for lapsed WWE fans like myself, I think a lot of people out of casual interest like to tune into the Royal Rumble. And I'm sure there were more than a few people who were looking at the calendar and thinking, uh, you know what, I'd rather stay home and watch the Royal Rumble tonight. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, I don't think those people are the same people that would listen to us, right? Or, um, you know, that stay up at four o'clock in the morning to watch a, a G1 in, you know, night nine. Yeah, but th- th- right? these are the fans that you're going for. They, these are the fans that New Japan Pro Wrestling need to win over. It's those casual wrestling right. fans who might otherwise have been persuaded to go to a live wrestling show, but running up against Royal Rumble, I, I just don't see the logic in that. Right, and here's the most frustrating part about it, Joel, is that I, you know, to me, if we, if we're comparing... Major promotions in the West, the product that New Japan Pro Wrestling puts out, to me, is head and shoulders above every one of them. Like, 
I, I, I truly and honestly feel that if you do go to a, 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 an important New Japan Pro Wrestling show, and even to a certain degree, these throwaway shows, that if you go, you're going to see that and experience that, and I think that can hook people in. I really do. I think the product is head and shoulders above that of, say, AEW or Impact or WWE. That's what's frustrating is that I know that in my heart that this is this is something that that pro wrestling fans, if they were exposed to it, would enjoy. The problem is is that how do you get these people exposed to it when the company does nothing to help people get exposed to it? <laughs> right? That's that's the frustrating part. Look, here's the thing. Not for nothing, I go to I go to shows and I'm not going to lie. I sit there and I look at all the people that go to shows like 2300 or Madison Square Garden. And I'm like, well, how come these fucking people don't know about my goddamn show? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know there's plenty of them that never would even have no idea who the fuck we are or this show. And I, I'm just like, like, and I, 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 and I feel the same way about New Japan when it comes to these shows. Like, how the fuck, how, 800 people, dude, 800 people is, is, is nothing. Nothing. Especially, again, this is not the first time we've been here. Maybe not, again, I'm saying in general. We're we're three, four, maybe even five years into this. When do we get out of this? Okay, here's the thing. I was going to ask, it's just, just, just our spot in the world, right? Is this just new Japan Pro Wrestling spot in North America? And I got to say no. I, I because I just see the lack of things being done here in North America to help promote New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think if these things were done in an efficient and timely and proactive manner, I I I I, I find it hard to believe that we couldn't be doing the four thousand five thousand seater. I really do. In certain markets, I just I just don't see. Where what we're doing to grow, we're like we're we're putting on shows in front of people that would have the minute New Japan Pro Wrestling is announced, they're buying tickets, and you can see that in the ticket sales, right? You can see that you can see the 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 the, the spike and then away down it goes. I don't know, man. I just I just look. I think TV is very important and vital, and I think something has to be done soon to 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 get on. Some type of cable television. I think that is priority one. I think priority two is for these shows, it can't just be social media saying, hey, we're going to be in in Charlotte. Show up. Because you're just going to get the same fucking people over again and you're not growing. There has to be a street team. There has to be something in the works to market these shows. Radio spots. Local advertising. Local pay-per-click ads. Local Facebook display ads. Um, what, what You know... There's a million opportunities out there, and I don't see us doing any of it. And then give us something important. Give us something to make people want to go to these shows, and that doesn't necessarily mean Colcabana and Toriano showing up. It's great that they are. It's great that people get to see them, but you, you got to give us something sexier than that. It wasn't a complete waste of time, Damon. Have a look at the... 
Twitter link I've sent you on WhatsApp. And uh, describe to the listeners what you can see there, please. Alrighty, let's see here. Aww. Well, good old Yoshihashi. Look at his face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just there. And here's the thing. There are people Yoshihashi doing a meet and greet, by the way. Yeah, Yoshihashi meet and greet, and the fans. And look, they got the fans got smiles on their faces, and they're happy. And I look, I re- I remember the first time, you know, them coming to town, and me being excited, and I had my camera out, and I was getting pictures taken with everybody, no doubt. I, I mean, I think that's that's awesome that that people would spend money on Yoshihashi. Um, oh, good on them. Um, yeah, he doesn't Yoshihashi, look that excited. He does not look. He looks like he honestly looks like he would rather be anywhere else on Earth. <laughs> to say it and maybe he's just a he takes bad pictures but um yeah yeah he doesn't look like he's uh thrilled with life uh the fans on the other hand they look like they're having a great time good for them i I think that's awesome um but yoshiashi looks looks a little miserable i will say maybe it's just because of the absolute beating that he took or was about to take from one lance archer and sticking with archer there are some rumors circulating at the moment that he is in talks to sign with All Elite Wrestling. So a few questions on this. Mark on the Discord says, obviously nothing is official, but Archer signing with AEW would look really bad for New Japan's American expansion, right? How can you ask fans to attend shows with less than top-end guys when some of the bigger draws of the shows are going to get signed away since New Japan aren't signing them? And Jay Reezy Min says, if Archer goes to AEW, does this hurt New Japan? And if so, how much? Especially with the American expansion underway with Texas dates. Now, uh, we, you know, we don't know the details of the contract situation, but it does seem like an oversight not to have someone like Lance Archer tied down to a contract considering the the push that he got last year. Because now, I wouldn't say he's a star, but he's definitely a commodity, particularly for the Western expansion. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, now, if you're Lance Archer, you're, you know, you're probably on the on the downswing of, of a career when it comes to age, right? He's been in this business a long time. Again, we mentioned the back surgery and all that stuff and the amazing year that he's had. And he's, he had a new lease on life. Now, AEW comes up, offers him, we'll just say the same amount of money, right? But the idea of flying to a show in, I'm just going to pick a town, in Cincinnati and leaving and being in your bed the next morning is pretty pretty nice. Uh as much as we like to romanticize the idea of traveling to Japan, that can be a bit of a grind continuously doing it, especially when you don't have a contract. So now you have stability. Now you have, you know, you're not flying 14 hours. At most, you're flying six, right? Uh, I'm sure on a uh, a nice limited work schedule. And, you know, it's not like AEW is this humongous touring company. You could probably work other dates if you wanted to, right? Why wouldn't he, right? And 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 also, let's be honest here. He's not going to win your heavyweight championship, right? Uh, as much as I like Lance, I mean, I don't think that's in the future. I don't know if it hurts. New Japan in in like you lost a big star, but I think you lost a nice piece of a puzzle that uh, fit your company pretty well. Nice mid card, upper mid card guy that worked his ass off. That um, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's talk about G One in Dallas. He's the one guy promoting the fucking hell out of that show. 
I can't tell you how many pictures I saw of him hustling tickets, hustling T-shirts, hustling everything, promoting that G1 show. Um, more than anybody else in that company, it felt like. Uh, look, I don't think it's a big impact gate-wise, and I don't think it's a big. I don't think Lance Archer is this massive ticket mover, other than the ones that he's selling. Uh, and I think it's disappointing that he wasn't offered a deal. But if I'm Lance Archer, and AEW's knocking on the door, probably signing tomorrow, because a, I'm I'm on TV next week, national TV, national cable. I think the upside for Lance Archer is, is bigger, right? Yeah, so I mean, there's a possibility that he knew that an AEW offer was on the table, or was going to be on the table, so he maybe finds that more appealing and is just waiting until things come to an end with New Japan before he signs with AEW. I don't know, but it's very possible that New Japan did make him an offer and he he would rather work for AEW. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I hate to break the bad news to everybody. But, you know, they're on TV, was it every Wednesday for two hours? And, and, you know, and they just extended that contract. And from what I understand, there's going to be another show on. Right? You're instantly, you're instantly in front of more eyeballs than he ever would be for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's, that's, that's an honest to God truth. In, in an instant. Now, give him a decent program. Right? Give him, give him something to do. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? A little, a little fi- financial stability, and again, travel. That flight and coach, kids, for a big guy like Lance Archer, I cannot be a comfortable ride. I'm sorry, it can't be. All those things play a factor. Now, if New Japan came up and said, "Hey, I'm going to make you a deal, sign you for two years. Here's the contract. Here's the money. Everything's in line." Yeah, people, people might, might take that offer depending upon where they feel more comfortable or, or where they feel their career would benefit most. I can't blame Lance Archer for this one. I can't blame Lance for this one at all, if it's true. I just think it would be a bad look for New Japan to lose a guy like that that they've invested quite a lot in. I mean, look, I how many bad looks have they had? They've had so many bad You know what I mean? Was AJ a bad look? Was Shinsuke a bad look? Was... Kenny a bad look was were the Bucks a bad look was Cody a bad look yeah was yeah that's a good point I mean I mean I can't you I mean the past five years have been nothing nothing but bad looks when it comes to that kind of shit they've had a couple of of you know they've all right if if we're doing the math how many good looks have they have they Kenta Kenta was a good look right that's exciting look Moxley who else Moxley good look Mox Jericho good Mox <laughs> Jericho. Depend. You know, it depends on what your your frame of mind, but financially, you can't dismiss the fact that it was a good look, right? So they've had a couple. They've had a couple good looks. Is it a good look? I don't think Lance Archer is that much of a needle mover. I, I to be honest, I don't think that much of a needle mover. I think if you again, I don't think people seeing Lance Archer like a, a person who wasn't going to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling show, and somebody says, "Well, Lance Archer is going to be there." I don't think that's a thing that makes them go buy a ticket. I I, I don't. I could be dead wrong, but I, I don't. I don't think. Again, the people who are fans of Lance Archer, they're already going, right? And, oh, shit, cool. Lance Archer's going to be there, right? And I would be the same way. But I don't think the casual wrestling fan that they're trying to get 
um, or even the people that are, you know, disenfranchised wrestling fans. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Lance Archer is is the needle mover that uh, that is going to be that important to them, to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, so we're not worried yet about the possibility of losing some listeners to Everything Elite on the Voices of Wrestling podcast and <laughs> network. Uh, let's get into uh, previewing these New Beginnings Sapporo shows. So the first one is Saturday, February 1st in Hokkaido. First match is Yuya Uemura and Tiger Mask versus El Phantasma and Taiji Ishimori. So just look maybe like a little comeback match for ELP and Ishimori. It looks like they're going to stay together. Maybe they will be awaiting the winners of the junior tag match somewhere down the line. Yeah, you would think that that would be the idea. Um, I wouldn't. I I would certainly wouldn't say it's stale, but you know, well, I would kind of hope maybe a little bit down the road we we would see that team split up a little bit and go separate ways and and do more single stuff. But um, yeah, I'm okay with that, and I think we all know who's taking the pinfall here. Second match, we've got Tohonare, Tomwaki Honma, Togi Makabe versus Yotosuji, Manabu Nakanishi, and Hiroshi Tenzan. Not much to this match, apart from the fact that we know Nakanishi's retirement is imminent. So if you're a big fan of Nakanishi, treasure these matches and these moments because you're not going to be seeing him involved in these Marty Mans for too much longer, Damon. No. Now, let me ask you this. Of all the people that are in that match, you would think Hanare would be probably one of the people that might be taking a pinfall. But the way that they like to book things with people going out and retiring, you think Nakanishi's taking a pinfall? I think Hinari gets the winning pin for on that match over Yotosuji. Because okay. it seems like Hinari's he, he got the win at Wrestle Kingdom. Right. It just seems like there's a bit of momentum building up there. I hope so. Guy, uh, again, I, I don't like to say deserves anything. Nobody deserves anything, but um, I, I know. I like to see the guy do do well. I know. Uh, I know a lot of people root for him. So uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see him get a pinfall win and. Hopefully go on to bigger and brighter things. Now we've got Taguchi, Shoyo, and Osprey against Doki, Kanemaru, El Desperado, and Zack Sabre Jr. So Ooh, That's pretty good. That's maybe a little tune-up match. Uh, I, I guess looking at those guys, Osprey maybe getting the pinfall to heat himself up for the British Heavyweight Championship match in the following show. That will be my prediction there. Maybe he pins Doki or, or Kanemaru or someone. Yeah, I, would say, I think Doki would, would be your guy to take the fall. And I'm sure we'll have people staring at each other in the middle of the ring, pointing, you know, shoving belts in people's faces and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm sure it's a heat up match. But that, on paper, that sounds pretty good, actually. You know that that match, I'm, I'm, it'll be I'm, fun. When yeah, it's in that sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, that that third match, uh, multi man, a lot of talent. Yeah, I think that might be a pretty good match. Fourth match, special tag match, Robbie Eagles and Ryu Lee versus Bushi and Hiromi Takahashi. Now, nothing on the line here, but it's a sexy one. I like this one on paper. Yeah. Yeah, that that does sound really good. Um, I don't know how much time they'll give them, but... Yeah, the talent in that fucking ring. It's pretty sexy. Back to back. This is not a bad show. Not a bad show at all. It's hard to call the winner as well, because you think Ryu Lee gets a win over Bushi to get that all-important momentum leading up to his title challenge against Hiromu at Osaka Joe Hall. But I could equally see Robbie Eagles getting a pin here because he's just sort of quietly waiting in the background. You know, he got his pin over Hiromu right. in the Road to Tokyo Dome tours and maybe they just want to keep him in the back of your minds going forward. I'm going to go with... Uh... Hmm. That's, yeah, you could go either way. 
I think maybe Robbie, just to keep him warm, because we already got the we already got the uh, we already got the match set in stone. I'm gonna go Robbie, just to keep him warm. Why not? Fifth match, special tag match, Sanada and Tetsuya Naito versus JY and Kenta. So these guys obviously will be pairing off in singles matches at Osaka Joe Hall. Mm, hard to call this one because these are four big names, really. And I'm not sure you necessarily want any of these four guys staring at the lights heading into Osaka Joe Hall. So I'm not sure about this one. Jay White and, and who? Jay White and Kenta against Sanada and Naito. I think Sonata, right? I would say Sonata of all of them, or you know, that's that's well, the... to get to get the win or to eat eat the pin, eat the pin. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have your heavyweight champion take a pinfall, right? Jay White. I don't know. I don't think you, I don't think you do Jay White and Kenta. I don't think so either. I mean, Kenta, you don't want you don't want to kill him off. With Naito. I think it's Sonata. I do. I think Sonata's taking the pinfall here. Sixth match is another special tag match. John Moxley and Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru Suzuki and Taichi. So again, I really like the sound of this one. And of course, uh, these two guys will be involved in singles matches later on. Uh, you know, there's some speculation. Maybe something's going to happen between Moxley and Okada. Maybe leading to singles feud between them. But... These are the kind of speculations that always are, are fun to speculate about, but never actually end up happening. So I just I, I figure this is going to be a, a straight match with a clean finish and hard to pick. Again, is suffering from the same problem as the last one. You've got four guys and you want to keep the momentum going for all of them because Moxley is your US champion. Yep. Suzuki is going to be challenging for that. So you don't want Suzuki taking the loss because he's your challenger. And... Okada and Taichi, they're going to be facing off the next day. I'm struggling here. I don't know who, who loses. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think this whole show is kind of up and down the lineup with situations like this. And I think that makes it good. I think it actually makes it more interesting. Um, I mean, you they could have... You know, we spent a little bit of time burying the U.S. marketing team, but... Um, Putting together these shows, again, U.S. marketing team has nothing to do with that, but these are interesting shows. At least this show is, is interesting. Who's taking the fucking pinfall here? I'm going to say they wouldn't have Mox do it, would you? Would you think? How about a disqualification? Taichi hits Okada with the iron fingers. Be an easy way to get out of it, right? Uh, I think they did that in Dash as well, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so you're saying, and a lot of there, there are a lot of wild cards in there, right? Mox and I, I can see them brawling forever. I mean, it is it is a wimpy way to get out of it. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route because <laughs> I can't. I I really don't see anybody lying down here, and why would you? That might be the safe way to go, Joel. Uh, uh, let's let's go that route. Seventh match, special singles match, Tomohiro Ishii versus Evil. And this one I will talk about in conjunction with the main event, which is Goto versus Shingo, because I think whoever wins this match is kind of tipping the hand towards who's going to win the main event, because I think 
the the winner of this match that's setting up your next challenger for never open weight championship so if evil wins this match then i think goto retains and then you get evil versus goto because i don't think you're going to do evil versus shingo they don't tend to do intrafaction intrafaction uh, singles matches yeah. like that but if ishii wins then i think shingo wins the title because again I don't think you do Ishii versus Goto. I know the chaos thing is pretty tenuous at this point, but I don't think you would have Ishii versus Goto. So I think whoever wins this match, you, you have a little tip in the hat as to who wins the next one. But Ishii versus Evil, two big boys. They had great chemistry together in the tag match. They had at New Year Dash. This should be really, really good, right? Absolutely. I mean, right? I mean, there's. I don't think there's any doubt this won't be great. Too have a look. Ishii's gonna fucking put on second from the top. He's gonna he's gonna put on a show, and Evil can fucking hang. We'll get him. time, won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be great. And then follow that up with Shingo and uh, what we got. What, what's the main event? Shingo and uh, Goto. Goto and never open weight championship. Yeah, which will be great. Joe, this show on paper, this is this this one is to me is red hot. I'm I'm into just about everything on this show. I'm into just about everything on this show. This is going to be. I'll, I'll I'll go so far as this. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in. People are gonna remember this show. Come year end, just on paper alone, this has a lot of juicy juicy stuff. And guys on top that might be trying to prove a little bit right and stay on top and and show that they can be on top. The tag matches are interesting. You don't know who's going to win. This might this on paper. This is a real sexy show. I'm pumped for this. One. And and here's the thing: it's been a it's been a strong month since I've seen anything this sexy from New Japan. I'm, I'm totally fucking in, and I'm pumped up, and I'm, I'm excited to see this show. Give me your prediction then for the winners of those two matches. I think uh, I would go evil, and again, that does kind of show New Japan's cards. Um, I and I will say Goto. Um, so uh, evil goes on, challenges Goto later down the line. Yes, I tend to agree because I think Shingo Ishii. I think you can save that. I think that could be a pretty tasty match because it was really good during the G One. A lot of people were raving about that. But yeah. any problems with Shingo challenging for his first singles title? And losing? No, in fact, that's pretty much. I wouldn't say pretty much, but that that that's you know that's a normal talking point in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, no, I don't think it hurts them either. And another thing is, is that I um I don't know if they would do the hot potato with a never title with Goto picking it up at Wrestle Kingdom and then dropping it first title defense. Um, so that Which, to be of, fair, would be a very Goto thing to do. But uh, very true. I, I think you're right. I, I, I think it would be strange for him to lose it because then he would just be completely directionless. <laughs> you know, not to say that that's uh, an impossibility or even an improbability in New Japan, but I, I just don't think it would be the right move at this point. Right. Me neither. And again, I think I, he's not a spring chicken, mind you, but I still think that there's plenty more room to grow with Shingo. So, and it, and it's not going to hurt him in any way. So, um, yeah, that that's the way I would go. Now, now, would it completely shock me if they went completely the different way? 
I don't know if shock is the word, but um, I'd be surprised if they did. Um, but but it would be great, right? To have to have Shingo Ishii, <laughs> I'd be I'd fucking be thrilled with that one. I'd pants fucking down on that. Um, but but my my logic my logical brain is, is saying uh, Godo and Evil. The next show, New Beginning in Sapporo, night two, Sunday, February 2nd in Hokkaido. First match, Toa Hinari versus Yotosuji. I think that's uh, obviously going to be another win for Hinari. Yep. Match <laughs> yes. two, we've got Yu Uemura. <laughs> yeah, no, no more needs to be said. Yu Uemura, Tomaraki Homura. Oh, I, I mean, I, I think that's a good match, Hinari versus Suji. Two big, beefy boys. That could be a never open weight title match somewhere down the line in the future. So, yeah, that one will be good. Uh, second match, Yu Uemura, Tomaraki Homura, Togi Makabe versus Tiger Mask, Manabu Nakanishi, and Hiroyoshi Tenzan. Yeah, here it's a, a little more difficult to pick the winner. I mean, I would guess Makabe just by default because I can't see... I mean, Oemra's not winning. Tiger Mask is a junior. Honma doesn't get pinfalls anymore. Nakanishi's on his way out. Tenzan's ankle is fucked. So just last man standing, right. Makabe getting the pinfall here. <laughs> right, right, right. And maybe they'll throw the bone for, for with Nakanishi. But uh, yeah, I'll go Makabe too. Third match is an interesting one. El Fantasmo versus Gabriel Kidd. So we're going to get our first look at Gabriel Kidd, someone who we hyped up last week, who we've seen uh, interesting stuff from so far. We're going to get him, see him in singles action. Uh, are you a bit surprised? I mean, this is quite like, relatively high-profile first match for someone who's a relative unknown of Gabriel Kidd to have a big singles match against El Fantasmo. Yeah. Um... I mean, he's going to lose, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, but it's he's, an interesting he's, choice. Yeah, he's there to to, to show the effort, right? Um, it is an interesting choice, but they're going to see what he's got, right? They're going to they're going to they're going to dip his feet into the into the deep end of the pool, and it's not that deep. I mean, it's what second match, third match, but it is a singles match, and they don't fall from trees very often. Uh, yeah, I I I will be watching closely. Let's put it that way. Um, because there are a lot of young lions there that would, I would gather, like to be in that spot. I'm, there's a lot of mid-card guys that would like to be in that spot, let's be honest. Um, so, okay, let's let's see what we got. I think he'll do, I think he'll do fine, actually. Uh, I think he'll be really good. And But, yeah, I think he's now going to be in that, where does he sit, you know? And here's the thing, too, depending upon how severe that shoulder injury is um i mean people are moving up and down the, the the young lions rankings quickly um i wonder if there's any any whispers in the dojo of why is this guy getting a shot so quickly but uh we shall see i think it'll be good though i did have a look damon to see if el Fantasma and gabriel kidd had had any matches in the past because i suspected they might have crossed paths before in the uk and they have they've met each other a few times they have had a singles match before this was in february 2018 the relentless division title where gabriel kidd defeated el Fantasmo at kamikaze pro underground four at the empire in coventry so there you go they have wrestled before so they know each other so i've got very high expectations for this match now uh, especially as it's cost us about 10 minutes because I accidentally stopped my recording halfway through so (laughs) (laughs) moving on to the fourth match then we have Robbie Eagles Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroki Goto versus Bushi Evil and Shingo this is a non-title match and the same six men will be meeting with the titles on the line 
on Thursday, February 6th at a Road to the New Beginning show in Korakuen Hall. So this is like the, the the preview match for that. But, you know, on paper, these are six really, really good wrestlers. So even though this is the non-title one, I think there'll be plenty for you to get your teeth into. And I would expect the Chaos team to pick up the win here to create a bit of intrigue going into the title match because that just seems like the, the pro wrestling booking thing to do, isn't it? Right. I mean, why why have the, the team that you're going to have a few nights later challenging again lose? That would make no sense. Why would you do that? Um, so, yeah, I would expect chaos with the win. And on we go with uh, the number six-man titles. Good match. This should be fun. At least, uh, look, at, at, at the very least... These titles have in- instantly become a lot more, uh, a lot more to sink your teeth into, a lot more interesting. So, uh, these two matches will be very good. This one to start, and like I said, Chaos should pick up the win here. Fifth match, we have special eight-man tag match with the Blood on the Dance Floor team of Ryusuke Taguchi, Shoyo, and John Moxley against Doki, Kanemaru, Desperado, and Suzuki. So let's just take a minute to appreciate how weird that first team is of Taguchi, Rapongi 3K, and Moxley. And what the hell is going to happen in that? I don't know. Probably lots of Moxley and Suzuki brawling. And mm, I'd say either maybe we're showing you the champions. Yeah. I, Maybe Moxley getting a pin over Doki or Kanemaru or someone. Oh, maybe I, he's the champion as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think Doki's fucking taking a pinfall here, right? I mean, of any of the of the guys here, I know our, our Discord won't want to hear this, but uh, Doki's the guy that is the most expendable in this match. So to me, it's a no brainer. He's taken he, his shoulders will be lying down. Um, well, you, the thing you have all the challengers on the Suzuki Goon side because you've got Kanemaru and Desperado who are challenging for the junior tag titles, and Suzuki challenging for the US title. So, right. I, maybe I'm just sort of getting too far down this rabbit hole. But do you want your challenging your team of challengers losing this tag match? I mean, who the fuck cares? It's, it's an eight man tag match. I'm thinking. <laughs> right. I'm overthinking it, Damon. Yeah, Doki's your guy. Do, Do, Doki's your out. So uh, he'll take a fall, and then you'll have a, probably you know, a little brawling after the match couple of belts shoved in people's faces and challenges and pointing and shit like that but yeah i think you're out as doki sixth match special six man tag match we've got hiromu sanada naito against ishimori jy and kenta again this is a pretty sexy match on paper yeah these shows again um a lot of tags but they're sexy and and there's some intrigue and there's some mystery involved with who might be taking a fall and who might not be. And I just burped on microphone. That's <laughs> gross. Um, I think Ishimori's there to take the pin in this one, maybe. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Talking about a guy who didn't really take many pinfalls. Um, what's that team looking like again? Give me that. Give me the team. Hiromu Sanada Naito against Ishimori, Jay, and Kenta. Yeah, I mean, Ishimori's junior one. Yeah, I would probably say that would be my guy who's looking at the lights. Oh, you want to get a bit cheeky, have Ishimori pinning Hiromu, setting up another future challenger for him. But there's a lot of variables here, a lot of unknowns, some reasonable doubt there. Uh, seventh match, we have British heavyweight championship match. Will Ospreay 
challenging Zack Sabre Jr. I am tremendously excited yes. about this one. They had a G1 match last year, which was really good. They've had previous matches in the past, which have been very good. This one is the co-main event. You think they're going to get a lot of time. They are going to be wanting to impress. I can't wait for this one. Yep, this will be great. I have no doubt about it. Um, I would be shocked if it's not great. Um, yeah, two guys, marquee, bright spotlight. Yeah, British, British heavyweight title. But, <laughs> but uh, look, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be complaining after this match is done. Uh, give me a winner. Give me a winner. Do you think Will takes it home? Oh, this is really hard. Um, I think Will would freshen things up a bit. Me too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Will, and maybe he might defend this title <laughs> in the UK at your call. That's I know it's a crazy thought. Yeah, I know. Andy Quilden, if you're listening, yep. come on, grow a pair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, that's 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 a sexy lineup. That's a sexy show. That's a sexy match. And I'm going to go Will there as well. Main event, special singles match, Kazuchika Okada versus the hometown boy, Taichi. It's the battle of the tearaway pants <laughs> yeah. slash skirt. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine in all of my wrestling fandom, Taichi getting a pinfall win over Okada here. I would find it not even with a bit of shenanigans. Iron claw, pop him in the chin. Oh no, Okada's lost again. He's on a losing streak. No. I got to be honest. That would be that. I would. Why? Why? Why am I? Why am I so hesitant to that idea? Because it would be unbelievable if it did happen. It really was. I tell you, I mean, historically, Taichi has been that kind of rebound singles program coming off of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, if you recall, I think it was after Wrestle Kingdom 12, after Naito lost his title challenge, he feuded against uh, was Yoshihashi and then Taichi or Taichi and then Yoshihashi, I forget. So I, I think he's a guy for Okada to get a bounce back win and you know get, get a bit of momentum going into... What's coming up next? Is it New Japan Cup after that? Yeah. So, um, let's say if Zach is losing that Rev Pro title, then Zach and Taichi can go and do some tag stuff together as dangerous techers. Yeah. I can't. I tell you, I'm curious, Damon. What does a non-IWGP heavyweight title main event with Kazuchika Okada look like? You know, is he going to be doing his standards very slow opening 10 15 minute feeling out phase is this one going to be going 35 minutes i mean do you think his style is going to change now that he's no longer the champion i don't think do you think anything much. about his work or is his demeanor his moveset the way he carries himself anything going to change i think i mean look i was shocked when he went into that balloon guy phase right i think everybody was kind of taken Back by that, I don't think we're going to see anything like that. Um, it's a main, it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling main event, and I and I and I would be shocked if it didn't go at least twenty minutes. It's not. I don't think it's going to go fifteen. Do you? No, I think twenty twenty five minutes. 
Right. I think it's that's a fair number. Um, I I don't. Which is you know it's a, a, a considerably shorter than a, a normal Okada main event. Right. Would you be? I won't say disappointed, but would you be like, uh, here we go again? If if they do a timestamp and it's thirty minutes into this match, thirty minutes, would you be like eye rolling? Here we go again, or would you be into it? It depends what the opening 10 minutes are like because I'm one of the people who thought the opening segment to the Okada Ibushi match was I wasn't as engaged I don't want to outright call it boring but it was slow it was noticeably slow uh, so hope I'm hoping that that is not part of this match because I don't think it needs to be I think this is Taichi in front of his home fans I would like this match to have a hot start you know maybe he rips off the, the tearaway pants come off early and he really starts going for Okada and, and imposes a faster pace onto Okada than he usually does when he's pacing himself for these main event heavyweight title epics. So your sweet spot would be 2025. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, looking at his G1, Okada G1, like that. Right. The, that really great match he had with Sanada. That was what 20 well it was almost 30 minutes wasn't it so i just i don't know i find okada not necessarily more interesting and exciting where the matches are shorter but different in uh, a way that i find quite compelling like i remember he had a g1 match with zach where zach just came out all guns blazing through all his big moves at okada and okada weathered the storm and ended up winning and only went about 50 minutes mm-hmm. maybe even less than that but it was great so i would I wouldn't be outraged if this went less than 20. I, I just think getting stuck into this routine of it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling main event, it's got to go 25-plus minutes, is a mistake. Right, especially when there's no title on the line. Right, At least you could you could say, okay, these are the two best guys right now fighting for a title. There, You can be cautionary. You, know, you don't have to go balls to the wall. Uh, because, you know, one mistake, you're fucking looking at the lights and that's your shot down the tube. So maybe in the beginning you're cautious uh, to a certain degree, blah, blah, blah. Thus stretching out a title match to be 25, 30, 35 minutes. Here you don't have that. So maybe there is a little bit more of a footloose and fancy free feeling that you can do and get all that in in 20 minutes. And... Yeah, I, I, I look. I'm not. I'm never disappointed in a 30 minute Okada matchup. Just not. I just find him to be the fucking best pro wrestler on God's green earth. Um, but with that said, it is nice to change things up. It is nice to keep people on their toes and keep people guessing. So, and and here's a perfect spot to do it in. Um, are you okay with Tai Chi taking a, eating a pinfall in 20 minutes? Uh, yeah, that's fine. I think the very fact that he's been given a big main event in his hometown against the former uh, dominating champion is a really good sign for Taichi. I think that is a great spot for him. He's a gatekeeper. He's, he's the mini boss. Gotcha. I'm in full agreement. Let's do 20 minutes. Okada gets the pinfall and we go into New Japan Cup a little bit hot. 
All right. Well, that is our preview for New Beginning in Sapporo. Uh, let's dig into some questions then on the Discord. Oro says, as a follow-up to the discussion on New Japan needing TV in the US, what are your thoughts on pairing New Japan World with a platform like Dazen, D-A-Z-N. I'm not familiar with this platform, Damon. Are you? Yeah, it's like a sports uh, network. They're trying to get their feet wet with um, baseball and uh, other professional sports. Uh, look, any, I think they, they right now they have nothing. So if, the, if that is an option, I would have zero problem with it. I mean, it's not a super well-known network let's let's be truthful um uh, if you put a gun to my head right now and tell me to go find that on my 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 television i i might struggle a little bit but um i think if people know where it is and where it starts and it's promoted well we got nothing right now so i would take just about anything um get just to have a, a tv presence Aspir says, what is Gritty doing, Damon? <laughs> uh, uh, well, he's got a, he's got himself a little bit of trouble, uh, apparently. There was a... Uh, a f- Has Gritty been cancelled? Gritty, uh, Gritty, I'm surprised Gritty hasn't been cancelled, uh, to be truthful, because I see him do shit at games. Again, for those unfamiliar, Gritty is the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, the, that orange blob of furry thing. Um, I've seen him on ice... During intermission, right? So three periods of hockey. So in between, take a little little break. They go back, you know, and then they have like, you know, kids hit the ice, like the local kids, you know. When I say kids, like seven, eight, ten. Gritty's out there, you know, farting around with them. And uh, Gritty will fucking check a kid. (laughs) Kids flying into the boards and then on the ice. Uh, he's, He's got... He's, he, look, I've said it before uh, at, in the press box. I'll be like, if, if a fan did half the shit that this guy does as a mascot, they, they would, he would be not only thrown out of the arena, he'd probably be put in jail. Um, so there was a photo op, apparently, and he, he ran after the kid or something and hit him in the back of the head, and the kid fell down or some shit. So the dad's suing the flyers and you know, gritty and everything. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see Gritty uh, calm down his antics a little bit until the heat gets dies down. But, uh, yeah, so that's the story with Gritty. But, uh, yep, the uh, – look, there's more people that know what the fuck Gritty is than any Flyers player. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and when he first came out, everybody was like, what the fuck is this shit? He's the most popular thing in Philadelphia right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm being dead serious. It's probably the most popular sports thing. In Philadelphia is this giant orange furry hunk of crap um, that terrorizes that kids. children. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Terrorizes. I'm proud kids. to say, Gunnosaurus has never struck a child in anger. That's true. All right, right. Um, again, hearsay, and uh, it is under litigation, so uh, we don't know the true facts. But yeah, he. Like I said, he he be on the ice. I don't want to get sued by Gritty's lawyers. Yeah, right, right. I don't want you to Gritty's- imagining these like big furry <laughs> creatures in a, uh, suits coming along. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, I've seen him body like like take a hip check into a kid, and this kid went fucking in the air and landed Jesus on his back. Christ. I st- I mean I mean legit like just just hit stuck his hip out, and this kid whoop 
And the whole press box said, what the fuck? Everybody in the crowd was like, whoa, what the fuck? And the kid got up. But yeah, he's, a, he's you know, he'll have like crazy string and spray people and dump shit. Like, they, I, I like a lot of them are plants, mind you. But there are times where you're just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's a maniac. Um, so yeah, there you go. That, there's your gritty for the day. Uh, Matty T says, logistics, Damon, question. I was wondering if New Japan Pro Wrestling USA Road 2 style tours are more profitable than a semi-successful arena show. Seven 1.5K arena sounds more profitable than one 5K show, but I guess there are a lot of moving parts in the equation. Any thoughts? Is the strategy sound? Well, we have been told that, you know, profitability on these smaller shows is is better, Right, we were told that, Joel. We were told that, right? <laughs> um, uh, but again, I just think it's the it's the look. I, I and 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 I like okay. So running these shows is that building an audience? Because that's really the only thing that they got in their pocket is okay. We're going to go to these shows, and hopefully, these same people will be back, and 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 they bring a friend. At, at best, you're consolidating. But that's even up for dispute. Right. Um, and again, I'm sure these buildings are cheaper and the rent is cheaper and the profitability margins are smaller or maybe higher. I don't know. Um, I just, I just, as a long term plan, and it's been a long term plan because, again, we've been talking about this for three or four years, I just don't see the growth. And that, that's what has me most concerned. And again, if I were to take a time machine and go back in time and you would tell me that New Japan Pro Wrestling is still doing tours, but they're doing them in front of, you know, a thousand people, 800 people and struggling to do to sell those tickets, I would be disappointed. And I'm disappointed now. Dakota Ibushi says, speaking of the rumored show at Madison Square Garden, what is your MSG main event? I say Naito Tanahashi, but damn, it's hard to rule out Okada. Yeah, that's a tricky one because I don't think they are – whatever they put on as a main event is not going to be a quote-unquote money match for the Japan audience. They, right. They've they tended to give main events that we've already had in Japan before. So yeah. you know, like things like a Okada Tanahashi or Okada Jay White. So, I mean, assuming Naito still has the title. I, I think Naito Tanahashi – is still a protected match in Japan. They haven't met since the G1 block finals in 2017, I believe. That's a long time. Yeah. So you think they're keeping that in their pocket for something. And I don't think it's MSG. So give me some possibilities. Who do you think would be a good opponent for Naito at MSG? You think Jay White? Yeah, that would be what the th- fourth match between yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, could be Ibushi. Do you think they do that again, or do you think they they're saving that for Japan? Because of course they have met at MSG before, right? Now, I would say Tanahashi or Jay White. If you put the gun to my head, I would say one of those two. One of those two. You notice how they haven't really announced a ton of big shows either? Like, they haven't officially said, we'll be back next year at the Tokyo Dome, did they? 
No, and they've streamlined some stuff as well. Like the Dontaku tour, they seem to have stripped away all those extra things like the Hinokuni and the Sengoku Lord and all that stuff. It just seems to be two Dontaku nights now. So right. I don't know if there's much you can read into that if they're just sort of trying to scale things down on account of the Olympics coming up or what. But uh, yeah, it's certainly an eyebrow raiser. Right. And again, the, the, I think the biggest thing coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, where they usually do a lot of the, you know, the tour information. Again, nothing in, in the UK. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I thought that was a absolute no-brainer right. after the success of Royal Quest that they would be right on top of that and announcing that Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, we're coming back to London or, or wherever it is. Right. But nothing. Nothing. And, and you know, from what we heard due to reshuffles going on the people mm-hmm. who were responsible for that maybe not there anymore or it's, it's difficult to know who would be taking the lead for that hopefully that could be something for andy q yeah. mr rev pro to take the lead on and say hey guys let's let's get together let's do a show you know even if it's a, a co-branded one i mean that would be better than nothing surely right and again the 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 highly rumored madison square garden show um haven't heard a peep haven't heard a peep about you know coming back to london aside from g1 we really haven't heard a lot when it comes to big shows now we could take that as it's in the works they're working on shit blah 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 i would think we would hear some shit it's almost february it's almost february i would i would have thought that we would have heard some shit right now uh we did, i mean have we heard an official australian tour yet I don't think we no, have. Not to my knowledge. Right. So weird, right? Kind of, kind of odd. So uh, I would think that, especially for again, shows like London, Madison Square Garden, uh, big buildings. That's something people got to plan in advance, right? If we really want to do well and get a good gate, we got We got to. We got to plan this shit. We got to take vacation time, and we got to save some money. We got to, you know, so let's, might, might be a good idea to start announcing some of this shit. If, in fact, it's happening, let's, uh, let's, let's start rolling some of this shit out so we can make some fucking plans, people. All right, thank you. Base Collector 420 says, is there a world where New Japan works with NWA, talent exchange or more? Has NWA ever worked with New Japan yes. or just All Japan back in the day? No. Yes, they have. I mean, I can just go on the Wikipedia page. They, they were a member of the National Wrestling Alliance from 1975 to 1985. So there is a, a lot of history. Uh, they worked start. together in the late 2000s, yeah. early 2010s as well. Damon, give us some of your memories of the... Uh, co-promotion with NWA. Yeah, I mean they've they've always been in that mix. I mean they're probably um, more popular, uh, more popular back in the day with the, and working relationship with WWF. Right, um, you would always see like Adonis and Murdoch and uh, Hogan, of course. Um, pe- you know, doing tour, even like SD Jones <laughs> making. I was you now you bring it up, Damon. You know the uh, friend of the show Manabu who recommend those matches yeah. to me. And I was re-watching those uh, matches with Inoki against Hogan. Mm-hmm. And then the the first one, if I'm not mistaken, Inoki, I don't know if he shoot knocked himself out or if it was a work. I've, seen, I've read some rumors that he was pretending to be knocked out because right. he was trying to escape from some <laughs> creditors or something <laughs> like that. And then they do the rematch. And of course, because of all the politics there, 
they're not doing a count out finish and the crowd absolutely shits on it and they're throwing stuff in the ring yeah. and they hate it and it, yeah that is definitely one that's well two matches that are worth going back to watch getting the old new japan world archives and check those out yeah i mean it would be it, honestly it wouldn't maybe not as extreme uh but you know it kind of has little a little taste for those of you people looking for a like a north american uh counterpart you know the montreal screw job right it's kind of has a similar feel of of the building you know and uh so so yeah pretty interesting stuff uh but yeah i mean nwa in recent times i mean you had um liger and tiger mask and you know going after that junior title uh bruce tharp would be bringing in guys remember all that right uh, remember Big Daddy Yum Yum or whatever? Yeah, those were the days. I was just going to say Big Daddy Yum Yum. That's the one name that sticks in my head. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Um, but yes, I mean the NWA was uh, was in the mix. Uh, but again, a lot of times the NWA champion would do tours of all Japan. Um, so you and even AWA too. Um, all Japan seemed to be the the the. You would see Harley Race, and you would see Flair a lot in all Japan. Um, and WWF would be a lot of New Japan stuff. So, um, so there you go. Uh, but again, in the in the you know late '80s, you did have that working relationship. Bischoff helped make that happen, um, where you saw you know uh, uh, Hiroshi Hase and Sasaki and uh, Liger, and you know you had the 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 whole junior title thing. With Pillman, and so, and then you had the Big Dome, the, the Starcade shows, um, Zabisco being on there, and um, I remember uh, Dustin Rhodes being on there, Art Anderson being on there, uh, and again the big match was Flair Fujinami, where Fujinami wins the title, but they they fuck over Fujinami, um, and Flair is is still recognized as the world champion, and they had the blow off match in the states where. Flair wins the title back. A lot of horse shit. A lot of horse shit. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, with Marty Skirling building bridges between ROH and NWA, wouldn't be out of the question to see NWA and New Japan working together. But at this point, I'm not sure how much New Japan would get out of that. I mean, what do you you want? You want to see, like, Nick Aldis working New Japan shows? I'm not sure about that. I'm going to be honest with you. Of all the places where New Japan might have the most benefit from it, it might be ring of honor again if you add up everything that is going on in the pro wrestling world right now the the biggest benefit for new japan pro wrestling might be ring of honor as much as we shit on it for for many months that might be the partnership that they go back to and and help solidify. I mean, look, as much as I as much as I can't believe I'm saying this, Sinclair Broadcasting isn't something to sneeze at. You know, it, it's not something to sneeze at um, from a TV aspect. I think that's priority number one, Joel. I think they if they they need to gain some ground, and I hate to say it, I mean, the easiest way to go, and the least political way to go, would be Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I think they. It's a bit early to say that, but it seems like they're on an upward trajectory, and things are looking more positive 
with the involvement of Marty Scar. So uh, watch this space. I mean, I don't know if we're ready to resurrect on Horizon just yet, but uh, I guess when we see lineups for Best of the Super Juniors, that will give us more of an idea of what the temperature is of this relationship at the moment. Uh, let's dip into the Twitter then from Shooting the Breeze. Hey, it's Mr. Travel Anxiety. Uh, Bash, I remember, the guy who gave you the Jaffa Cakes at oh, Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. I was wondering if you and Damon enjoyed the Jaffa Cakes I gave you. I bloody love Jaffa Cakes, and they went down an absolute treat, Bash. Thank you, with a cup of tea in the afternoon, a few Jaffa Cakes. Real taste at home. Can't get them here, so I was very, very grateful to have them. Damon, what did you think of the Jaffa them. Cakes? They're fucking delicious. Um, they were gone very quickly between me and the missus. They didn't last long, let's put it that way. I didn't share mine with anyone. No. <laughs> Manly's not into sweet things, but uh, I got to eat the whole box by myself. Oh, uh, lucky you. Nice. Um, Daniel Warren Art says, do you think Naito will show up for any dates in the USA this year? Also, when do you think we'll get an official 2021 Wrestle Kingdom announcement? So yeah, we already discussed the uh, latter point there, but Naito in the States, you would hope so. I mean, there's so many Naito fans and LIJ fans stateside that, yeah, surely he's, he's got to work some of these tours, right? Yeah, I, I would think... Northeast would be a, a probable, right? Um, that that Detroit, Toronto, Chicago-ish loop. I would be surprised if we see him there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know specifics, but I'm just assuming that'll be the case. He'll 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 be in the states in 2020. 1987 Cordell Mitt says, while the Summer Olympics are going on in Japan, what do you think New Japan plans will be? Big international show in USA or the UK? That would seem like the perfect time to go and do something in the UK. But just keep in mind that in the summer there is the the football, the European Championships, and some of those matches will be taking place in the UK, in London, I think specifically. But not enough for it to... They can work around Make it. New yeah. Japan... Yeah, I mean, they, they could definitely still run something, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine as far as uh, what happens during the Summer Olympics. I'd be tempted to say just, you know, do your thing. Don't worry about that, the, the Olympics too much. If you want to run shows in Japan, run shows in Japan. Whatever happens, happens. But, yeah, we've heard nothing uh, on that front. Yeah, I, I mean, I would assume you're either looking at, you know, shows outside of Tokyo proper um, or, you know, just that, that's a good time to kind of get on an airplane and uh, see the world. Right. Um, so I don't know. I I don't even know exactly when the Olympics take place. I think it's like the end of July, beginning of August, maybe. Um, so okay. Oh no. In that case, then yeah, we, we we've heard rumors. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we've heard rumors. So uh, I think we'll be. You'll see. You'll see New Japan Pro Wrestling, but maybe not. You know, at Cork and Hall. Let's put it that way. Yes, okay. Yeah, I take back what I said before because I don't know when the Olympics are because I'm an idiot. Um, all right. Uh, Dynamite Scott says, should New Japan start a US single elimination tournament to give a little more meaning to the US division and tours? Well, of course, that's what they did when they introduced the US title and I thought that was pretty cool because they did that little two-night single elimination tournament. Uh, but, I mean, unless someone has vacated the title, then it, you don't really have a reason for having a tournament like that. I think it would be a great idea. I mean, that could have given a bit of luster to these uh, New Beginning USA shows if they had used the US title. Let's say, you know, we've got these five shows we're going to have a tournament with, you know, Lance Archer, Jeff Cobb, Carl Fredericks, Yoshihashi, Tanahashi, whatever. And just the people involved on that tour, Chase Owens, Gorillas of Destiny. 
and had a little tournament to see who gets the US title. But <laughs> the fact that they didn't even bother having the US title on the US tour, again, it looks like they see that as more of a commodity and more used to them in Japan than they do in the States because they've gone with the Moxley-Suzuki match, which is, I think, a great match that's good on paper. But the fact that it's the US title seems neither here nor there. As it stands right now, right? I mean, who knows? If if Suzuki wins it, does that mean he can come over here and defend it? Um, hopefully, right? Um, but yeah. And again, we don't know the situation in the sense of, was Lance kind of saying, hey, I'm talking to AEW and I'm probably going to leave, right? And they're like, okay, well, you're going to lose this title now and now we'll just put it on somebody just as a placeholder just to get it off you. Um and then, you know, because you don't know what you're doing, and I and we don't know what you're doing, so uh, let's just get this off of you so that whatever, you know, just to cover our asses and, you know, you can do whatever you got to do. Possible, right? It's a possibility. So uh, I, w- I would – look, I think they know the situation. I, I think they they just have it on him as a placeholder, and then we'll see what happens as we go into February and March. But I can't imagine – Moxley holding on to this title for very long, just because again of all the things that we just talked about, like it's, it's the U.S. title and it's not being defended in the U.S., which is ridiculous. Chrono says, "What are you guys expecting from both tag team divisions in 2020?" Right, heavyweight tag. We're going to have Finjuice going on a run. They're going to be defending it against the likes of Dangerous Techers and Goto and Ishii and Shingo and Evil and it's going to be great yep. it's going to be the the biggest improvement for New Japan that's going to win our biggest improvement awards the heavyweight tag division junior tag division we're going to have Rapongi 3k having a little run with it because they haven't before they're going to see off the challenges of the likes of Desperado Kanemaru Hiromu and Bushi and uh, Ishimori and El Fantasmo and eventually they are going to lose it to the team of Bushi and Hirai Kawato. Wow. Who's returning to join LIJ. And we're going to go into Wrestle Kingdom with Kawato and Bushi being the winners of the Super Junior Tag League and challenging for those belts. That all sounds great to me. have that one for free. That one's a good one. That's a good one. Good job by you on that one. You booked that one out. Notebook is, uh, Notebook is getting some use. I like that. I like all of it. I can't, I can't add anything to it. Fantasy booking Joel is my favorite Joel. <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Violent Skipping says, last time when talking about Ibushi winning the big one, you only mentioned Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion. And if if Uncle Dave is to be believed, he who must not be named wouldn't have lost it until the fifth. No changes at New Beginning or MSG. That would make the last non-Wrestle Kingdom Dominion change invasion attack 16. When do you think we're next likely to see the IWGP title change hands at a show other than Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion, and do you think these shows being so prominent and protected contributes to the sometimes stagnant feel of the title picture? Well, of course, I mean, they did change hands at Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. last year. Uh, I do think there is, you know, it's something we talked about at length before, the fact that having the G1 winner locked in until January means that King of Pro Wrestling defence is... Yes. So... I think you, you need to shake it up a bit. Have the champion lose at King of Pro Wrestling or 
have the champion win the G1, just so there's a, a bit more fluidity to it. Because I mean, the ticket sales are doing fine for Gigan Pro Wrestling, right. but I I wonder if we're continually fed a steady diet of King of Pro Wrestling filler defences, as it has been for the past three years. Is that going to be a problem going forward? Do you think that they need to have a little shake-up and they have do. the title changing hands at a Sakura Genesis or a King of Pro Wrestling? Yeah, they do. I, I, I would agree with, with what's being said there. That and or, you know, that briefcase, that briefcase still hasn't been swapped, Right. Eventually, somebody's got to lose a defense of that briefcase. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it that it is kind of the worst time of the year. Matches can be good, but from a he's not losing the title here kind of thing. We've been doing this for a long time now, right? And it's like the minute that trophy is and the, and the streamers go off after G one, it's like okay. Meaningless defense, meaningless defense. Who did he lose to? Okay. okay, okay, meaningless defense, meaningless defense. And you never really... Where's Evil? Where's Ishii? Right, right, exactly. Where's Sonata? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to have that. And again, then you go right... Then you're going into World Tag League. It's like, okay, you know, you're kind of just waiting to get to the, the dome. And that's not good. Nobody wants that. Best pro wrestling is the pro wrestling that keeps you on your feet. So, yeah, I think eventually they got to they got to strongly consider a again making title defenses um, a little bit more uh, of a of, of a you know thin ice for some of these champions on some of these other shows. And two, uh, that briefcase has got to change hands eventually once you know just just to keep people on their toes. Um, because again, the last thing you want to do is just have it be like. Up oh, here we go. Here, here we are, and we just got to get to Wrestle Kingdom, and, and and literally have four months where you're kind of feel like there's no nothing to keep you on your toes. Right. Well, that brings us to a close here. You can visit redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to show some love for all the work that we do and send some money our way. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, manscaped.com. You can use promo code superjcast to get 20% off and free shipping. And, you know, each time you do that, it's making a difference. You know, it's making Manscaped look at it and think, oh, people are using the promo code. Let's re-up with these guys. And any uh, eventuality that ends with us getting more money or any money for that matter is good. Uh, oh, by, and by the way, if you're interested in advertising with us, then slip us a line. We have uh, very reasonable rates. We'll read out any old shit for money, won't we, Damon? Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we've had some people contact us. So, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if that's... DMs are open. DMs are open. Absolutely. Definitely would, would discuss. So, uh, you know, if, if you have a business venture and you want to get in front of thousands upon thousands of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, uh, this is the place to come. Discord link is in the show notes. You can uh, click on that and join conversation about all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, live watch alongs in New Japan shows and other stuff, you know, talking about crisps or video games or cats, whatever. All, all of the... Oh, Gatti, calm down. I'm nearly finished. She's throwing me off my game here. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast. I hopefully will have a new t-shirt design up soon once those people from PWT get back from the Jericho Cruise. 
Um, we've got a great design from Tapler, as mentioned before, so that's just sitting in the hopper waiting to go. Massive thanks to editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel and his Twitter, Escape the Box UK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.